Hello and welcome to the Lock-In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. We're live at the Top 50 Gastropub Awards at the amazing Parker's Arms in Lancashire today. In fact, we're so far north, Neath has got a nosebleed. I'm going to bring my passport. You've never been this far, have you? No, I haven't. No, I've been in Scotland, but okay. not this. Not... Never, never north of England. No. Um, with me, as ever, my trusty sidekicks in this audio adventure, Heath Paul and Nikki Thatcher. Um, Having fled the authorities in Australia, Heath is a restaurant operator who claims to be running pubs. He's been steadily living a lie for the past 20 years and keeps winning pubs awards as no one's prepared to actually call him out. But that all ends here. I'm calling you out, Heath. You, sir, are a restaurateur. I'm not. Well, that's not what we keep reading. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not my fault the Times want to call me a restaurant. You keep, and you you keep getting these it. things. You don't you know. You should be on the... No, I'm a pub, not a restaurant. Yeah. Take me out of your rubbish list. I don't no, want to be in your restaurant list. Best, best place to have a Sunday roast. Make a stand, man. No, I'm okay. Make a stand, man. As long as it brings punters. Jesus. Um, before joining the MA, Nikki actually worked in a high-end seafood-focused gastropump. Yeah. Uh, sadly, she got a bit big for her boots and was sacked for not knowing her place. That was a joke. Oh, fuck. I thought you'd have worked at, like, what's that, what's that Green King one they had? No, she, no, worked, she, she didn't work at the gastropump. She worked in a dodgy wet lad booze. No, Spins it wasn't order. dodgy. It was just... It was when you were there. Old. Which pub was this? In Billingshurst, it was it was it was great. I had a great time there. I was all, almost always the only female, the youngest by a considerable amount. I used to give their, all the customers shit. It was great. I really enjoyed myself. Instead of pints, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why no one came in. They're like, oh god, another Very shit. Quiet. She's serving me again. Uh, there we go. So as I said, we are doing a special lock-in podcast today, live in the Gaspar Awards. We'll be joining some great guests, discuss the very concept of the Gastropub. Uh, what is a gastropub and how is the sector changing and evolving? To help us with that, we've got uh, sem- podcast semi-regular and legendary failed solicitor turning jobbed, jobbing publican Brendan Padfield. And alongside Brendan, we'll be speaking to genuine gastro top chef Tom DeKaiser of the Tom Carriage Group and Karen Errington of the Rat in Anik. Uh, so, but before we all get on to that, let, let's discuss the news. Um, you know, 500 pubs closed in 2023 uh, was a recent headline I mean that's a, a chunk isn't it it's a lot it's a lot isn't it it's quite a lot what are we at now how many like well, wasn't, how many? There, wasn't there an estimation during COVID I could be wrong about this but just off the top of my head during an estimation during COVID we lost 2,000 over COVID did we actually lose them or did they just it, re- that was a, rebound I feel like that was a, a there's this a net yeah. figure. Is this we've lost 500. So we, we, I think, include, yeah, I think it's gone. They're gone. They're, they're not, gone. They're not. They're not recycled. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know what I, mean? I don't know. It's scary, isn't it? it like is I love pub culture and I you know, love pubs, but I just it's like where does it going to end up? Yeah. How many, are we just going to end up with like very few? And there's, there's so many people leaving the industry as well. So even if their pub is only shutting temporarily and new, someone new coming in, there's a lot of people leaving that have got yeah. a lot of experience I within think, the I think we're feeling that there's the same thing the government has trying to get army troops in the army. They can't. Mm. Kids today don't want to do. No. They don't want to be running around fields with guns. and They, they don't want to be working weekends. So it's, it's going to end. Running around your pub with guns. And stuff. <laughs> it's hard though, isn't it? Because we're not getting, I see they're talking about this youth migration visa for Europe to bring so that you know people can come and work but mm. we need we need a quick fix yeah. you know yeah. what I mean like it's 
it's quite scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, obviously, North, North, the North Brewing guys are, are struggling, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're, they're at, at risk. I mean, it's it's not easy. Are they going to admin, operate? They? they filed a, a notice uh, administration for the brewery side of things. Brewery. Okay. Um, the brewery industry is, is, I think, they're throwing it even harder than the pubs because obviously, well, they're losing prices, they're losing supply, aren't they? Yeah, and and costs and everything. You know, there's even more costs to consider with with breweries, and it comes to making beer as well as everything else. We see with the steel problem. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're potentially closing the only steel yeah. factory in the UK. We'll yeah. be the only. What is it? The only modern country in the world whatever no, no, they're like. going to stop manufacturing aren't they they're basically going to start recycling scrap yeah but it's not as good quality no. No, well I don't know Do you, no that's not great I read about it yeah, it's no, not no. as good quality but we'll be the only like first world country that doesn't actually make steel itself yeah but the government cares about that though, don't they well oh, they've written that because it's just I was, oh, re- I was listening nice to it. try Ed no, nice try but it's, it's, right. but it's also right. what happens to the community and it's like pub shutting it's it's the community but it's also every supplier to that pub it's the farmers it's everybody and the government don't look at it like that and it's it's a massive supply chain and we're going to have that with steel all those people will be out of work yeah. you know it's you know they, I listened to one thing the other day and they were talking three generations of one family working at steel mill yeah. mm. you know it's it's sad times yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know the, the radio the other day they're blaming Margaret Thatcher it's just like it's 50 years ago <laughs> yeah, it's 50 years ago that's I like think- you blaming the smoking man yeah, no, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, on, on slightly more positive news, uh, with the results of the managed pub estate were up on average 9.6% at Christmas. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, that's great. Nice little soundbite, but mm. is that, what about inflation? Well, that, that, that <laughs> is slightly. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite, well, Young's were terrible, weren't they? Four, yeah. four percent or yeah. something, and inflation's just, running at 10. You know, yeah, you're like, well, mate, you've made no money. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you've done, you haven't done well you've at all. you backwards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's not positive news. Sorry oh, about that. I mean, I tried. I tried. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're at Gastro Pub, that's positive. We're at Gastro, yeah, Gastro yeah. Awards, yeah. yeah, everyone's here, everyone's here. Um, uh, Sasha Lord is quite hopeful at getting support after the election. I see when he when he gets another government. They're just, they're just going to do what, what the Tories are going to do. They're just going to do the budget in March and they'll do some like, okay, we're going to do this and do this cut and hopefully they'll get some love. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's... Don't trust me. And one night star to another, we had Amy LeMay uh, speaking out in support of the National yeah, Living Way, saying that actually pubs need to embrace it. It will help us to thrive in the long but run. I don't, so from what I understand from speaking to a lot of operators, no one is begrudging paying staff mm. more. No one's begrudging that. It's, I think it's a knock-on effect of everything else as well and, and all the other costs that are going up too. If, you, if we had 10% VAT, just say like the rest of Europe, for example, you'd go you're alright you'd hire more people yeah. you'd spend more on investment you'd do more with your venue and you'd be able to weather the storm but when you're paying 20% and you've got this coming up they can't even pay the doctors more money no. and they go into the private sector and go alright you guys can do this yeah. it's just you know what I mean like it's just bad management from yeah. the government like no insight and don't care yeah yeah you know? government doesn't care they don't um, uh, well before he gets on to that let, let's move on and I just want one other point actually before before we uh, we wrap up the intro <laughs> oh God, where's this going um, it, it, there's a lot of talk around artificial intelligence I've just got a new phone AI is the big thing in <laughs> yeah. new phones isn't it and it's someone something loves, that someone loves AI someone yeah. loves AI something yeah. that Heath is using a hell of a lot yeah. I use two AI programs you, and I play them off against each other how are you using it Heath? what kind of things are you so doing? well mainly Ed because I'm a, I grew up in New Zealand in the 70s and Cross 80s about. and I didn't have much of an education 70s and 80s I, thought well, I was born in 1970 something. but 69. I can't spell my spelling my grammar 
everything is pretty shit. Mm. And, you know, I'd love to blame my parents, but it's just, I was a bit wayward when I was younger. So, so I, I, can, I can write out something and go, blah, blah. And so a customer writes a complaint. And then I want to respond to it. So my natural reaction is, fuck you. So I think, no, I need to soften this up but a bit. But you can spell that. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Good, so that's basically, my words. Just, just to summarize, and so basically you use AI to write angry responses. Yeah, and you can tell AI, you go, you I want you to write this in a really sarcastic tone, written by, and you can you can give it prompts. So I go, I was educated, and you can do this whole yeah. thing, and you can yeah. prompt the anger. Or my previous go, these are my previous replies, and I want you to make it like this. Yeah. I'm really angry and sarcastic. Yeah. So so here's my concern. Oh, God. Right? It's learning from me. AI <laughs> is a learning tool. So every interaction that we make with AI, it is learning from. So basically, that means AI is learning from Heathcliff oh, a lot. God. You know, people are worried about the Skynet scenario where AI takes over and destroys the world the machines rise up and we're all chased by Arnold Schwarzenegger around fields and things like that I'm slightly more concerned that AI is basically just going to turn into a very angry little man <laughs> you, you walk into a pub and the AI computer will go fuck you what do you want or, or a, a bald eccentric yeah, I'm not fucking uh, calling me bald eccentric what is that I had to explain it. You, you, were, you were quite pleased until I explained what I said. Yeah, I thought the eccentric was quite cool, and then you went, no, you're odd. Oh, weird oh, and weird. quirky. Yeah. Was Hugh Hefner described as eccentric? I've never been described as eccentric, ever. I did accept Hugh Hefner, I'm sure. So he's got the smoking jacket and everything. So. Similar age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Thanks, Nicky. I'm a dead guy. Well, that note, let's, let's park that one there. You're listening to the Lock-In Podcast, and we're here at the Top 50 Gastropub Awards to record a special session of the pod. Take a look at all things gastro. Delighted we've got some real live guests with us for this, and uh, only one spare mic, so uh, fight over it amongst yourselves. Uh, it should be fun. I'd love to welcome uh, our aforementioned Legal Beagle and our pub maestro, Brendan Padfield. Lovely to be here. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Pen. Uh, the wonderful Tom DeKaiser from the Tom Carriage Group. Good afternoon. And we've got Karen Errington from the Raptor Network. So thank you guys. Thanks for joining us. So um, we're going to, uh, we're actually at the Gastropub Awards and we're recording before we reveal who's finished where on the Gastropub list. <laughs> Such a shit. Mostly because you lot will all be too pissed for me to record afterwards. So uh, it's probably sensible Never. to do that. Uh, he's really looking forward to it. Uh, let's devote this episode to the institution. It's a great British Gastropub. And let's start with a nice, easier one. What is a Gastropub? Uh, and when you finish asking that, perhaps you can define what's craft beer as well. So <laughs> hold the mic up to, uh, to your mouth there, Brendan. What is a gastropub? It's a pub, of course, and that means that it's accessible. Um, it has the community at its heart. It isn't up its arse, but it just serves great food. I mean, that's the big decision. High-end food in a, in a relaxed setting. All power to its elbow. Fantastic. Tom, what's, what's your, what would you say your take is? Uh, well, it's like you're, like you're from room at home, but just exaggerated so it's comfy good food good drink surrounded by friends and I, just I mean I don't out. know what food you have at home because uh, my, my, my offerings are never that great but, uh, I'm going over for um, dinner yeah, yeah. all around Tom so, and Karen what, what would you say um, it's a pub 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 it's a pub
right somewhere that serves, serves great food, a good drink selection, it's got great hospitality, but most importantly, it has a bar that people can walk in and buy a drink from. If it doesn't have that, it's a restaurant. There we go. So, Heath. Oh, all of that, really. I think they've summed it up, haven't they? Well, that's what I was going to say. Have you got a bar? You can walk in the yes, bar. Yes, I have yeah, a bar. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, there. I'm glad that we've established that. So, um, I mean, when does a gastropub cross a divide and, and simply become a restaurant? Um, I know we've got a few on the list that some people do cry foul over occasionally. I mean, is that it? Is it just simply that you can walk in and get a beer? Is that is that fair, Heath? I think you should be able to order food as well. You know, you should... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, like, some of them are when you're... I don't know. It's We all interpret gastropubs differently, though, don't we? I see it one way. You guys will see it your own way. They're all very different. So I think that's why they work, because they are different. Yeah. You know, it's quite hard category, this, because you're trying to put a lot of round, you know, round into square holes. And it yeah, doesn't, yeah. It doesn't... But that, I guess that drink offering's got to match that, that food offering as well, I guess. Yeah. Usually it's about operators who care what they do, don't they? Really. It's not changing. I mean, Tom, what's your take? Because, I mean, hand on flowers... Probably... Well, yeah, quality food, but yeah. you can still go in and have a pint at the bar. I mean, it's... And if you're a restaurant, it's uh, it's not that. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, there's always the cliche restaurants are a lot more formal, a lot more formal with the table, lots of things. But you know, the lines are getting a, you know, slightly blurred these days. You know, he's right with round pegs, square holes. But you know, my my thoughts are you know, good food, a bar you can walk and have a pint on. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Brendan? What's uh... well, I, I actually think the gastropub reflects a societal change over the last 20, 20 years. The days of the boozers, sadly, are declining. It's a real struggle to make money if you're just serving beer. Look at the closure rates you just announced in the morning advertiser this morning for last year, 509 pubs. Um, so the days of the boozers seemingly are limited. Therefore, it, the default position is now a pub has to serve food. And inevitably within that genre, that new genre, there's going to be high-end offerings. And whether that high-end offering also involves linen, nabel, uh, linen um, t- uh, napkins or, or just paper napkins, I don't think really, really matters that the gastro definition by its very nature defines high-end quality food, probably fresh seasonal fruit. But, you know, there's an array of offerings out there and the more the merrier. I mean, there are a lot of pubs out there that will claim to be gastro pubs, um, managed pubs, for example, that generally probably aren't on that higher end of quality. I mean, is it a term that's maybe a bit abused, perhaps? Uh, yeah, I think the pub co's latch onto it, don't they? They like getting it and saying, oh, we're doing gastro pub, and they, they, they copy all the words that we use, and they sort of try and they try and capitalise on it and you know turn it into a, more of a commercial offering, which you can see by just reading their menus and, and the offer. But you know, I mean, I, I agree on that, and uh, the risk of sounding like uh, my cliche, Mr. Sniffy, snotty bastard from uh, Suffolk, um, you know, there's a pub that claims to be a gastro pub. It, it's food is straight out of the freezer and goes nicely into the microwave. That's not a gastropub for me, okay? <laughs> no. But I am a bit snotty about that sort of thing. I mean, you didn't name it. Do you want to name it? No, no I don't. <laughs> it's fresh cooking, isn't it? You'd say it's fresh ingredients, fresh cooking. Exactly. You know, and it's not, nothing's pre-prepared or frozen. Is, is, it, is it frustrating, Karen? Is it frustrating when you see pubs sort of using the gastropub term and they're 
Well, not really, because I think people make up their own minds. I think it was interesting what you said about the decline of the boozer, but I think gastro pubs are enabling the survival of pubs. So, you know, they're such a social thing in this country and they're not in other countries, so anything that can keep them going is great. And people that are doing good food and offering good hospitality and good service and letting people still come in for a drink, it's keeping the drinkers going, isn't it? They're having nowhere to go, basically. Yeah. And, and what absolutely should be on the menu? I mean, we're, we're talking about pubs, so um, these are pubs. Um, are you struggling to hear me, Brendan? I'll, I'll get your hearing aid turned up. Um, what, what, what should be on the menu in a, in a gastro pub? Is it, is it anything, or should there be pub staples, fish and chips, burgers? But it, I, suppose, I, don't, yeah. sorry. Go, 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 I don't matter. I don't think it matters what's yeah. on the menu. As long as the offering is good quality food, it could be Chinese, it could be you know anything you want as long as it's good quality fresh food and I think there's room for all different sorts of food in pubs as long as you know it's good and fresh and not frozen yeah I mean Tom you're you're Michelin star pub you've got burgers on the menu yeah we've got you know as long as there's an offering of quality food you know, I'm always a stickler for always having a steak on but as yeah Karen's correct you know the, the quality and the seasonality and the love that goes into everything speaks more than individually named dishes. Yeah. And you've got to have something for everyone still. The pub's yeah, still exactly, got to be accessible. Yeah. So I mean, everyone has something. their, everyone's local community or people that travel to see them. Everyone has their own wishes and wants and mm. what they want to eat. So as long as you know, they're offering what everyone around them would like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. What about you, Brendan? Your, uh... yeah, I, I agree with, with most of, of, of that. I mean... <laughs> The default position is because of this societal change and because survival now dictates you serve food is that most uh, pubs do serve fish and chips and burgers and steaks. We have a steak on our, our menu. We're proud to have that steak. It's actually a bestseller. It proves our accessibility. We choose. Well, God bless you, Tom, the Jets and the Post. Um, but, you know, we've chosen not to do fish and chips just as a bit of a differentiator and because it stops the moaning minis. How come I can get fish and chips for £14? 50 down the road well this happens to be bloody turbot and chips for Christ's sake so we, we, we chose not to do that but you know, that's just proving the, the, the gradations of the offering and and I think Heath summed it up is if it's fresh and seasonal and just a little bit different in part not whole serve a burger I love a boat mm. and then that may probably defines the gastro end yeah, but yeah. what is the default position is, is that fish and chips and burgers and steaks are served in all pubs yeah. so maybe that is not the definition of a gastro pub mm. In itself. No, no, no. I mean, how avant-garde can you go, though? I mean, is, it, is, is anything on the... on the? Yeah, I think as long as it's, like Karen said, as long as it's good quality and it's proper food, you know, we, we mess around with dishes all the time. And I love Asian food, so I'm always... Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm always getting shifted. Can you do this for me? And he's like, fucking hell, okay. But I always lean that way. So as long as it's good quality and you're buying really good ingredients, yeah. don't, you know, and it's fresh and it's cooked well, why not? Yeah. You know? A lot of our customers, especially where we are, eat three, four times a week. So it can't be the same. Yeah. It's got to I, move. I guess I suppose what I'm saying is because you've got the term pub and that by its nature, that that denotes something, doesn't it? That it's a bit more straightforward, perhaps, than a sort of fancy fine dining restaurant. You know, it's still a pub. So 
it, does the food have to represent that a bit more down to earth or can it be but, but you see that with restaurants lately and I see a lot of like high end restaurants trying to dumb down their offer to get people through the doors and you'll see them going oh I'm doing a chili dog and you're like what the fuck are you doing like, why, why are you even doing that mm-hmm. and they're trying to just get punters through the door where we can sort of go up and down the scale of what we're offering yeah. because we're just a lot more accessible yeah, yeah. so you know we can we just play it a bit more a bit if more loose doesn't work you know it doesn't work quite quickly because yeah. there won't be bombs on seats so yeah. change and move it no. yeah yeah also, yeah. Think well. Sorry. I also think as well because we had a restaurant before that a pub is much easier to get people through the door mm. so they can come in they can yeah. buy a drink at the bar then they can have a look at the venue and they haven't made a commitment to that point so we found it a lot easier to get people through the door it's a lot less informal the, isn't it yeah, yeah much more informal yeah. so we found it um, totally different to running a restaurant yes yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are the big challenges at the moment um, <laughs> I don't really want to grow four hours later oh no please let's make a change from heat moaning so, uh, celebration but I mean we all know how difficult it is at the minute yeah. the costs are so high the minimum wage is going up shortly and the government's doing nothing to help us so I mean we're still here and we're surviving I think the problem we've got is as operators we're, we, we're passionate and we care about what we do and what we put on the plate and sometimes we don't monetize that properly yeah. because we want to deliver really good offer and you, you sort of go we're not commercial about it I don't think the problem yeah. with a lot of pub operators and gastro yeah. we don't commercialize it enough we didn't go oh look at sometimes and you must be the same guy Oh, shit, that's a lot of money. I'll, okay, I'll do a 60% margin on that. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're just a bit more, we're probably dreamers too much. Yeah. Well, we've had to put prices up quite a lot. We've had no choice. Um, stuff that we were selling, say, two years ago for 18.95 is now 26 pound but we're looking closely at prices all the time so at one time we would just absorb price increases and just take the hit on it we can't do that now and how are customers reacting to it are they, how are customers reacting to it are they being the customers have been fine one of the things we said was i wish we'd done it sooner because hardly anybody's complained so i think people are conscious i mean i don't know if it's because where we are and we've been there quite a long time we've been there 15 years now so i have got a good life customer base but people have happily paid the increased prices so uh, uh, Tom I mean you're 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 high-end you're you're running a, 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 a very um, sought-after uh, place to go to are you a bit immune from those or are you suffering oh, no, as well? no no not at all I mean uh, yeah costs are mega and then you know we, we're right with saying you know a little bit scared to necessarily charge the right price or what we should be charging but I think now across the board everyone's getting a bit more confident especially everyone here everyone knows what they do is great and they knows what they do is consistently good yeah. so just charge what we should charge yeah. and everyone in the world understands that things have gone up so why shouldn't they have to pay more for things that cost more yeah, no. yeah. yeah. Brandon the FT just before Christmas did a panel of the great and the good of chefs of, of London and he said 20 wishes for Christmas or whatever it was and they said we wish we could put our prices up but we can't we wish we could stop operating at break-even levels and these these are pucker players uh, at the unruly peak last week we had our worst week's trade in history it's 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 not just the usual challenges of national minimum wage of Brexit. Got to get that one in. Thank you for all you voters for Brexit, you bastards. You'll all be dead uh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, it, it is cost of living, but it, it's also Dave Wall and Carl Green and Jackie Ha, who are my head chefs and uh, general managers, respectively. Their mortgages have quadrupled over the last month. Yeah. They're stopping going out. These boys are earning at a decent level. So I think... To, to, to your question, uh, yes, there is all the background of Brexit and all of that, 
But I think the real challenge in the first six months is the cost of living crisis allied to the hiking mortgage. I know that's part and parcel of the same package, but I think it's really going to hit. And the early evidence from the unruly pig last week was pretty damn dire, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, on that cheery note, uh, let's let's talk about the C word. Um, not that here. Uh, chefs. I was going to say Christmas or something. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was going to say something else. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking he would have seen it. I was waiting for say it. Won't be waiting long normally. I have to bleep it out. I've got the bleep button Maybe somewhere. Maybe one more Australia than we're here. Where is it? Oh, no, that's a round of applause. No. Um, <laughs> Let's let's talk about chefs. You know, uh, it's, it is a constant problem. It has been a constant problem for the industry as a whole. Is it as much a problem at the gastropub level? Because you, you, I mean, particularly you, Tom. I mean, people must be falling all over themselves to come we, and work for you guys. Over the last two years or so, we have struggled. Not so much quantity as quality as well. But touch wood, recently we're doing really well. The chefs we're getting on board are really into it, and I think the boys that work for me have instilled a good sort of work etiquette within them and especially when you come to events like this and we like this year I think the top cash 50 have come really close together everyone's really tight this year over the last couple of years like everyone's been hanging out together talking to each other a lot more than they did years ago yeah. and I think everyone can see that so with regards to events people doing things outside of work a lot of younger chefs or chefs in other places see that so I think that the passion and the fire is a lot more ignited over the last couple of years especially within you know, the pubs than yeah. it has been previously yes and, and Karen I mean, how, how are you finding it I mean you've got your partner in the kitchen so you yeah, just whip him a bit harder the last two years so. have been quite dire in terms of chefs but I think that's also, it depends where you are, what impact it has. So we're in quite a rural location, like the Parkers. So we've really struggled to find chefs, so much so that I've had to go back in the kitchen for two days a week, and I haven't done that for a long time. So I do a Sunday and usually another midweek day. But having said that, the last three weeks I've had three or four applications in from good quality people. So we've got someone coming for a trial this week, so fingers crossed each other. Chosen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brandon, what's uh, what's your uh, situation? Yeah, I, I actually, there's an interesting symmetry symmetry there. I mean, I hate to speak about Boris Johnson and cakeism, <laughs> but I'm going to do a bit of cakeism. Brexit, thank you very much, you voters. Um, things have been tough, but I agree with exactly what Tom and Karen have just said, that things have got a little better, strangely, in chef world. I can't exactly discern why, because at my daughter's hospital is still dire, in the care homes is still dire, but it would be disingenuous not, not to recognise that. And I would go this far, and I'm now tempting fate, so Dave Wall's going to swear at me later. Dave Wall's my head chef, everybody. Um, and I would say we've got our strongest team ever, and I'm just thrilled and I just sort of can't quite work out how it's happened so it's a bit of an anomaly yeah but uh, it's not a time for complacency that's for sure no no Heath uh, you're very quiet on this no no I'm, I'm very fortunate like a solid team yeah. had the same head chair for 15 years yeah. Um, yeah you've had a strong team for a long time haven't you yeah, very no, strong they don't leave that's because you don't let them out where is your chef he's not even here there, isn't it? we're he's, in the top 50 gastro he's on holiday he's your head yeah he's, no, he's, he's, the he, he's very shy but um, he's just a great guy mm. a genuinely great guy and he's quiet and we just have really honest chats about food and 
yeah, he's passionate. But you struggle with the other songs, so the, you know, oh, had issues. Seems, yeah. yeah, he would see it's a bit different. Um, it's just weird down there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm glad you lived down there. Yeah, yeah, but I'm getting there. But there's people coming to interviews now, which is great. You know, I think there's, you know, it's just a different proposition down there. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they're getting there. Yeah. There's people coming out. We've had a lot more sort of stages and work experience over the last six months compared to the two years previous to that. We probably had two. The last six months, we probably had twenty. That's great. So everyone's, yeah, every, yeah everyone's feeling it. Like, yeah. Do you think it's because places are shutting? That's what I was going to say. Oh, sorry, I don't care. I was going to say, do you think it's got anything to do with places closing? Because there have been quite a few places near us that have closed down. So I think there might be more people in the job market, sadly. But their expectations are still. I mean, yeah. you had one the other day. You wanted well, nobody it. wants to work weekends, do they? I had a guy come in for an interview from my pub in Sussex, and he's like, okay, yeah, I want to work 40 hours maximum a week. I want that over four days. And I want £21 an hour plus, plus service charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just sitting there going, what? You've <laughs> <laughs> drinking. Yeah. Like, you know, and it was for like a sous chef role. I was like, calm down. Like, yeah. So, yeah, some people, yeah. Yeah, so people, people, are, people are much more likely to come and say, I do this, this, and this. Yeah. Someone came to us a few weeks ago and said, oh, by the way, I don't work weekends. And I just said, well, why are you looking for a job in hospitality then? Yeah. You know, it's the busiest time. What are you going to do? Yeah. 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 We set the parameters, not... Them, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but there was a bit of a fuzzy period where that you know, employees were sort of set parameters. But now I think we're over the cuff of that yeah. a bit more than we were. But then, do you so, think that needed to happen because because hospitality is such a difficult place to work, and so many people had so many like mental health issues? Yeah. So then, maybe that needed to happen to even the balance. Now after COVID, that sort of fizzled out a little bit with regards to people wanting to be at home all the time I think now the guys are slowly coming through if they're going to do it they want to do it properly otherwise they just wouldn't, wouldn't do it so I think rather than one or two every now and then now there's like a few that want to do it properly and then the people that don't want to do it properly just don't bother now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd echo that sentiment too I mean, I'd, whether it's been natural erosion byproduct of Covid labour shortages whatever there have been positives to the I can't believe I'm saying this to the, the guys coming along and, and, and dictating terms and I would say um, that bully culture that certainly my head chef was reared on and by the way you know Dave he's not a bully for the other ones out oh, Dave you're not a bully uh, you really aren't a bully but there's there's no place and actually what would happen if you if you replicated it in the way that they, they were trained they would just walk and yeah. tell you where to go and they'd get a job tomorrow and that's a good thing yeah. you know every cloud and all of that how, how do we think the uh, the gastropod concept and sector is evolving? I mean, it's been 30 years plus. I think the Eagle is in Farringdon, is uh, makes a claim to be the first ever uh, gastropod. When he set up, it was a unique concept, and now we're seeing it all over the place. But how do, how do we think it's evolving, Tom? I mean, what, what's, what's your. Well, take? without a gastropod, pubs wouldn't exist now. Like, if, it was, if it was wet lead. I mean, yeah, and, and the competition amongst ourselves as well. Like everyone in this room, we all talk to each other about what we're doing, mm. and you know, everyone's great friends, very close. But it still is that element of still competition. Still stabbing each other. You're still looking at people. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're still looking at what the people are doing. Oh, wow, it's brilliant. Like, so it's very competitive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in a good way, in a positive way. Like everyone, you know, not just in the top fifty, the top hundred. Every pub that's cooking nice food there's that element of competition where everyone's looking you know, I want to be better I want to be better and it drives everyone yeah, so yeah. yeah without the gastro pub food element pubs yeah. wouldn't exist now yeah. what about you Karen what would you, how would you say the sector's evolved over the last sort of um, decade I think if you go back 30 years I think if I'd gone back to that time I wouldn't have thought of doing good food in a pub mm. 
desserts, like especially where we are, there's mainly like cheese toasties and stuff like that. So there was a few nice restaurants, but I think now people are, expect to be able to go to the pub and get some nice food. So I think it's evolved in that sense that people see pubs as places where you can get nice food, whereas back then I don't think so much it was uh, they were viewed yeah. that way. But like you said, Tom. The pubs wouldn't survive if they didn't have good food. Like we've got drinkers that come in that are like local people near to where we live, and sometimes they get annoyed because the tables are, are taken up with people who are eating. And I just say to them, you know, just look over there. If they weren't eating, you wouldn't be coming into the bar here and having a drink because the amount that you're spending isn't going to keep this place going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry, Trey, Brendan. Yeah, I'm. Ed is, of course, from posh Chester, because that Chester's dead posh. For those of us from the working classes from Wrexham, the man of the bloody people So I was brought up from the age of 10 in, in Wrexham, and the poshest thing in Wrexham was a Bernie Inn. And if it was your birth, my mum and dad didn't go out to eat very much. They couldn't afford And actually, culturally, it wasn't the norm to go out, unless you were upper middle class. Mm. Well, there's been an emancipation of the middle classes, hasn't there? And, that, and there's been a cultural shift of the British eating out. Yeah. And the, the evolution of the pub to food and to gastro just reflects that. Everyone got tired of prawn cocktail and overdone steak in the Burning Inn. And now you go down... Black Forest Gatto. Black Forest, I like Rascal Forest Gatto, actually. There you go. Uh, <laughs> That's due a comeback. Yeah. It's due a so, comeback. So, you know, people eat out in the way... You know, in the early, early 70s, you know, people would go abroad and they'd have all this cafe culture in Italy and France it didn't exist yeah. well the pub and the gastro pub is the equivalent of our cafe culture responding to that evolutionary shift in society that actually is fun to eat out yeah. and actually as people had grown richer we haven't grown richer over the last 12 years thanks to this government um, but um, uh, as they grew richer uh, per capita income people then that followed that people ate out and treated themselves and, and it's been a great thing London used to be the shy food capital of the world and now it's one of the best food capitals in the world so it's a fantastic thing how things have changed but the, the problem we've got is the government don't see that no. and we get taxed it's a luxury tax to eat out yeah. we, oh, we, and you're made to feel great you're made to feel like you're privileged if you can afford to eat out but if we lived in France or anywhere else in Europe it's a necessity to have a good active social life but the UK government seems to think that we should just sit at home hobbling around a cold stove eating shit soup and that's not at Tom's house. No, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do, yeah, we we get punished for doing well. I mean, yeah. going back going back to what Brendan said, yeah, the initial idea of the Hannah Flowers was based on the Bernie Inn. And oh, then really? every, yeah, Bernie Inn, Tom always used to say, right, start Bernie Inn, but just do everything a little bit better. <laughs> and, then, and then over 16, 17 years, that's yeah, what we've done. We've, yeah, we've just elevated ourselves. What, what's your take Heath, on, on sort of 30 years? How have you, I mean, I'm, I'm not pretending you've been in the industry 30 years. <laughs> more like 40 and no, um, it's just evolved hasn't it I think everyone's said it it's just it's interesting to watch how confident the industry's got and how good it's got and you know, we, we'd stand up against Europe quite easily on our food now yeah, and yeah. they never used to yeah. it's you know really yeah we all stand up for ourselves everyone's cooking yeah. operating with confidence yeah. I think you know we've just got to yeah. keep going and smashing it to be honest so, it's evolving constantly so what's the future hold Tom where, where do you see it going well it depends what Brendan says but take down the government as the <laughs> That's the, that's the immediate thing I'm to in. do. Let's go. Something will take down the government and then right. just keep being better every day. 
Brandon. Like Go on, Brandon. What, how do you see things? Do you see things changing? Uh, I, I, do you see any I, I, kind of evolution? I, I, I actually, uh, despite being the, the inveterate prophet of doom, um, there's bumpy yards and roads ahead, but uh, I think come the summer things should be getting better. There are early indices. Okay, uh, Yemen and the oil and all of that interruption is affecting inflation, but inflation is coming down. Interest rates are responding accordingly. And if one wants to try and stand back from this and be objective, I think things are looking better. I really do. You just got to get through it though, don't you? Get through it. We had Kate on the other week and she said, if you... You just need like if you go out of business now, you're just collateral damage. Yeah, that's the reality. You've just got to survive and do whatever you can to get through it, and then it's going to be hopefully light at the end of the tunnel. Karen, what's what's uh, what's your take then? Where do you see things going? Um, I'm with Tom. I think we need a change of government. Um, I think 2024 is going to be really tough. You know, I think we've come through hard times before, but I think the government needs to reduce the VAT rate for us, for hospitality. Yeah, yeah. That'll help. Brilliant. When there's okay. hard times, everyone just wants to go to the pub, so hopefully... Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think we, we're, we're, we're being told we're out of time by uh, by somebody, but before we go, Brendan, we've got to ask, because uh, let's face it, um, we need to know, how did the pigeon wellington go down at the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and are there any pigeons it, left in Suffolk? It sold reasonably... There was a problem, in truth. We had to take it off because this bastard, Heath Bull, didn't deliver. Oh, right. <laughs> I sent him out each morning with his neck in Trafalgar Square. He promised. You witnessed it. Yeah. Did I get yeah. my bleeding pigeon? I was no. gluing, I was gluing uh, wings on rats. I mean, he was, like, he was like Dick Dastardly and Mutley flying around. All I would say is Pigeon Wellington is the way forward, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Christmas. Evidence in our shite sales. <laughs> You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this uh, uh, somewhat special podcast that we've recorded at the uh, Parker's Arms as part of the Top 50 Gastro Pumps. Uh, some lovely guests on. Uh, we've been talking about gastro pumps. I mean, Heath, um, what do you think? I mean, I'm well, as a restaurateur, Red, like, like, I, I, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly, you haven't got a clue. Um, I mean, we haven't actually told anyone where their positions are yet. Maybe we should record this at the end when he might be stabbing. Oh, no, hang on one. Ed, I am very humble. It's just a pleasure to be on the list. <laughs> we'll remind you of that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's crying into 51. His, crying into his Australia. Um, I mean, what, what was your time? What, have you learned anything? I think we're all... Don't, don't I think, the good thing about it is, like, there's an expression, we're all on the same boat, mm. but we're on different seas, etc. You know, but we are all... We, I think we're all... Like Tom was saying, we're all sort of thinking the same, and we're all communicating more, and we're all understanding a lot. You know, we're all sharing a lot more. Yeah. And prior to these awards, I don't ever remember that. Like it was always like, oh yeah, look what they're doing, and now it's a bit more like, oh, you're doing well. It's a community. Yeah, it's, you really feel it. You know, we're all, yeah. we're all at dinner last night. Everybody knows each other, and it, it's it's great. Yeah. And also, what Tom was saying about like the healthy competitiveness. It is competitive, but in a good way because it it's just makes it you makes you better. To, yeah, but in a nice way, not because you want someone else to do shit. Yeah, you, no. just, you just want to keep improving. It's nice when you see your peers. Doing well, you know. Yeah. You know, um, no, it's interesting. Met some new guys on the way up um, from Edinburgh Castle in Manchester, and they were talking about what they were doing. And it's it's interesting here, you know. Like, oh, we sell a lot of chips, and this is wine. This is what we do with them, and it's it's you know, you, you understand the regional differences and 
the food we offer. Especially outside of London. Yeah, like it's, you know, they were talking about making a, a beef fat mayonnaise with these chunky chips and this yeah. bun and yeah, like it was, yeah. I think it's interesting, there's a lot of new entries yeah. on the list this year as yeah. well, which is, which is, which is good to see, you know, yeah. uh, fresh, fresh bread obviously knocks people out, which probably is a very uh, cheering with that. Well, I saw the top, the top 100, like the, mm. the 51 upwards, and there's a lot of people I didn't know on there. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's 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 nice that we're getting new blood into the industry, and yeah. you know it's not it's not dying off. You know what I mean? We just people realise it's a vital. They still category. aspire to be that yeah. kind of gas prop level, don't they? It's um, you know, like we were saying earlier. You know, lots of pubs do have a food offer and, and push that gastropub thing but yeah. they're Call themselves the not quite yeah it's, it, it's sort of it's become a marketing term as well, opposed you've got, to you've got Marks and Spencer uh, doing like, gastropub yeah. food well, as exactly, well exactly yeah I mean, you know I mean when like, the retailers start copying you and uh, well you know, you you know you've got success haven't you yeah. you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. problem is anybody thinks they buy a lamb shank these days remember when lamb shank was a braised oh, lamb yeah. shank yeah. was a signature Hyped. pub dish yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it's quite funny isn't it how that's moved on you're still doing it aren't you doing a Sunday but it's one of those ones you know like if you want to like we've tried lamb in different formats but it's just one of those ones they are it's it's, it's, safe, but it's, safe, it's safe and it makes you money yeah. you know, that's the difference you, you've also you've got to have that passion but you've also got to have a bit of a commercial edge because you do you know you need to make money to yeah. survive these days and so you know half of it is giving the customers what they want but doing it the way you want to do it so it still delivers the experience good stuff okay Heath so uh, go on give us your prediction where are you going to be on the list 25 Ooh. 35? Fucking optimistic. Maybe we need to stay in a different hotel to heat. Yeah, let's move on. Let's, uh, I'll be out the front door banging on it. Vicky, why? Why? <laughs> Not again. I'm not getting James Heskill on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so this could be his last podcast episode. Yeah. It's been nice knowing you. Yeah. Lucky I'm on the first floor. <laughs> On that note, guys, I will part that one there. Um, thanks for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, in the meantime, please do share, review, uh, tell your aunts, your mums, everyone. We will be back soon.